And uh, let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the Lord. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Now, last week I talked about bitterness. And there was a certain part of the message that I didn't go through, and I want to go through that today. Bitterness comes from offense. And I said to you, you will be offended. Somebody is going to offend you. It's what you do with your offense that matters. So, but God allows offense. And the Bible tells us in, in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, it says, Jesus said, it is impossible that no offense should come. But woe to him through whom they come. So offense will always be there. You are going to be offended. In other words, God's telling you, be prepared. Somebody's going to offend you. What you do with your offense is what's going to determine what happens to your life in the future. But for God, God allows offense to position you for his work. You see, the sun has no, I mean, the moon has no light of its own. The moon is just like the earth. There is no light. The moon is not like the sun. It's the orientation of the moon to the sun that brings light to the moon so the moon can shine. It's the same way Jesus is the son of God. And he is the light of the world. We have to position ourselves before Christ so that we can reflect his light. That is the only way you will shine in life. So God uses offense to position you, uh, to bring you to the place where he can reach you and bless you. But if you react to the offense negatively, then what happens to you? You become bitter. You hold a grudge. And if you hold a grudge and you become bitter, then God can no longer reach you. God knew your makeup before you were born. He allowed it to happen not to destroy you, but to get you to a place where he can bless you and make you great in this life. Offense will always come. Jesus warned us about that. Now, there are several witnesses in the Old, in the Old Testament that I want to also relate to. Joseph was a case in hand. Joseph, as a young boy, 17 years old, God gave Joseph a dream. And the dream was not just for Joseph. The dream was for Joseph, his family, and the world at large. Joseph was just a little boy in the house of Jacob. But in the dream, the brothers thought, the father, this is the one that the father truly loves. Now he's going to rule over us. And in the second dream, David said, I mean, uh, Joseph said, the moon and the stars and the levens, and, and the levens, they all bow down to me. The sun and the moon and the levens stars bow down. And the father knew what it meant. It's amazing. They know when they hear the word. Am I, jo- uh, Jacob asked, am I going to now worship you, Joseph? He was 17. And so his brothers set themselves to make sure that the dream that God gave to him 
will never come to pass. And they were going to hurt him. Now, the Bible says they left to, to feed their flock in the city called Shechem. And Joseph, Jacob said to his son, go check them. Make sure they are okay. And Joseph went there and saw them. I didn't see them in Shechem. And somebody said, well, they went to Dothan. They are in Dothan, uh, it's, you know, feeding their flocks. And so Joseph took off to meet his brother. I'm sure he was glad. They saw him coming far off and they said, here comes the dreamer. He dreams a lot. Today we will put an end to his dreaming, all his dreams. He's going to be an end. We'll kill him. That's their brother. The young, the second to the last son in the home. Joseph had no idea what was awaiting him. They got him and they put him in a pit. A, a dry well. I'm sure the little kid was thinking, oh my God, I, I hope there are no snakes in here. And if you read the scripture, after they do that, let me read in uh, Genesis 37, verse 24. They said they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty and there was no water in it. Thank God there was no water in it. But Notice what they did. They sat down to eat a meal. Read the next verse. They sat down to eat a meal. And the boy was in the pit. I'm sure he was crying. Brothers. Brothers. Don't do this to me. And they're talking. He could hear them. He's going to die. And he was hearing this. 17 years old. 18 perhaps. How frightening this boy was. In the wilderness. No help. This was his own brothers. To destroy him. And as they ate, probably laughing. We got him now. We'll see what happened to his dreams. He was listening to all of that. But thank God. Some Ishmaelites came along. And they, Judah decided, one of the brothers, we're going to, we'll let you sell him. <laughs> if we kill him, we get no profit. If we, we'll sell him, at least we got some money. He was listening to that. You know what I say? If God delivered me, that's me now. If God delivers me from this and I get you, I'll kill you. <laughs> but there's no way for him to know what the future was. They sold him to be a slave. And you know the story in Egypt. But if you read in the scriptures, in verse uh, chapter uh, 20, uh, 39 of uh, Genesis, verse 2, he says, The Lord was with Joseph. He was sold into Egypt and sold into one of Pharaoh's officers' home to be a slave. But the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he was, success. he was a successful man. <laughs> Think about it. A successful slave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How is that possible? And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. That's part of it. Notice, even... After that, he had no bitterness. He never even said much about what happened, what his brothers did to him. 
There was no bitterness or grudge against his brothers. Many of us, when we hurt, we can't stop talking about it. We want everybody to know how evil that person is. And you want everybody to stay away from that person. Don't even listen to him. Don't go near him. And if he's a Christian, uh, God forbid, he's raising his hand and say, look at him, hypocrite, he's raising his hand now. We want everything bad. Revenge. Joseph had none of that. Let me tell you this. If you have bitterness in your heart, God's not there. God was with Joseph. If, you have, if bitterness is present in your heart, God's absent. They don't go together. God wants you to forgive, to live a life of forgiveness. When God, when bitterness is there and God is absent, there are no vacuums in, on earth. When God leaves, guess who moves in? The devil. To be your friend now. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy and pleasures forever. That's what the scripture says. And so when you have bitterness in your heart, God's not there. Satan is there. In his presence, everything dies. So it's always better for us to give up, give, give up bitterness. But let me show you, tell you something with you. When God allows offense and you handle it properly, he positions you. Joseph could have been sold to any Egyptian. Not, a, not one that is directly connected to his destiny, Pharaoh. This was Pharaoh's officer. God has a plan for him. No bitterness means God's presence and everything was well. And, and notice, Potiphar immediately realized, hey, there's something special about this kid. No word about how he became a slave. He kept that to himself. See, Jesus is wanting us to live a life of, it's such a freeing thing. To receive forgiveness freely from God and to give forgiveness freely to everyone. Because they will offend you. Let it go. Do what you can do about it and let it go. It's better for you. Jesus said many times, Peter says, I've never said that last week. How many times would my brother offend me uh, in a day? One day, and I forgive him. Seven times, Jesus said, no. Seventy times seven. In other words, he whacks you, pow. He just said, ah. He says, I'm sorry. And you forgive him. And before you have time to recover, he gives you another one. And he says, I'm sorry. And, he, and you're supposed to forgive him? Jesus says, 70 times seven. What is he saying? Live a life of Forgiveness is better for you. No bitterness is better for you. It's better for you. We talked about what the consequences were. But God put, put him there. And because he was doing well and God was with him, before long, Potiphar's house was not good enough. So God needed to position him again with a second offense. Hello? His master's wife began to have an eye for, for him. Right? You can imagine. Please read these scriptures. Go to, you can read from best, uh, chapter 37 of Genesis. And then go also. We speak here, but when you get home, if God has touched your heart, 
this is what this is all about. Let God speak to you. Pick that book up. That's the book of life. Read through it. Read Genesis 37 and read Genesis 39. Go through it. Let God speak to you. When God gives you a revelation, He's freeing. He's going to free you to, make you, to position you so that you reflect the glory of God Himself. And anyone is available. You can do it. Every one of us. You just have to choose it. It's your choice. You can choose to forgive or you can choose to be bitter. But if you are bitter, everything in your life becomes bitter. And you think you're hurting the other person, but you're destroying yourself. That's not a good way to live. The one who offended you is snoring, sleeping, and you can't sleep. That's not good. So God positioned him with a second offense. He refused. He said to the woman, the woman said, lie with me. He said, no, I can't do that. Everything in your house. Notice something. Joseph was going to become the leader of a great country, the whole world. But he was a shepherd. Shepherds, they just handle sheep. But God placed him in a place now where he had to manage people. Amen? And learn how to handle finances and learn how to run at first a home. And then when the woman offended him again, notice now, well, it wasn't just Potiphar who was an officer. <laughs> if Potiphar had offended Pharaoh, guess where Potiphar goes? He goes right to Pharaoh's prison. They put Joseph in Pharaoh's prison where only the individuals you find in that prison, they are coming from the palace. That's another position. That's how God works. If you let go of bitterness. But again, he wasn't bitter as the woman. Because Jesus is already wonders. Things will come to offend you. But work is for your promotion. It's supposed to make you stumble, step on it, and get higher. They bring another offense, step on it, and get higher. As you get higher, you are getting closer to God and to your destiny. To your destiny. But if you become bitter and refuse to forgive and begin to find sympathy and bringing people to your side, after a while, they don't want to be on your side either. And before long, you are bitter against them and they are bitter against you. You spread that thing. So in prison, God walked with that. I've got to move from that. I'll give you another person. David. David was anointed to be a king again about when he was about 17. Guess who anointed David to be king? Samuel, the greatest prophet in the land. So he knew that was from God. But notice, he didn't happen. First, he had a way to be, and you can see how this thing works. His brothers didn't care much about him, but after he was anointed, all of a sudden something happened in Saul's house, the palace, and Saul needed somebody to play for him. You remember that? And they said, send me David. And now, from the field, is right there, God's destiny. But it was in time. Killed Goliath. Everybody was rejoicing. I'm thinking, David is saying, God is getting me closer to the throne. 
But you know, the thing, he wasn't even thinking about it. All he was thinking is how to serve Saul, his master. And then Saul turned against him. And for years, he was running from Saul. He was not concerned about the anointing and Samuel. He didn't question Samuel's anointing on his life. He just couldn't understand what was going on. And Saul chased him from place to place, trying to kill him. And David was aware. He had to run for his life. But David was never bitter against Saul. There was a time Saul, uh, Saul went to look for David. And he was, he was cornered by David. He didn't know it. And he was sleeping. And David got in there. Saul, totally unaware. He's, he, at this time, he had about 600 wild men. <laughs> they said they came from everywhere. Guess what word God was dealing with him? Training him to govern even difficult people. Yes. But he wasn't bitter. You can tell from this story here. I'm going to read this from uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 24. It says, Then the men of David said, beginning from verse uh, 4 through 6, it says, Then the men of David said to him, This is the day of which the Lord has said to you, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand. Don't believe them. But that's the way it seemed. This were the 600 men. They said, oh, today is the great day. Our enemy is going to die. That you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David arose and secretly, secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master. He was feeling bad. Not, not, he didn't strike him. He didn't do anything to him. He didn't hurt him. He just caught part of his robe just to show Saul I was there. And that was painful to him that he'd done that. To somebody that was trying so hard to kill him. No bitterness. Wouldn't touch him. You know why God says, David was a man after his own heart. There you go. No bitterness. No bitterness in his heart. He said, the Lord forbid, God forbid, that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed. Uh, Lord's anointed? I thought devils come on him sometimes. So. <laughs> but he was anointed. And he respected his anointing till the very end. He wouldn't touch him. This is how, it's, how important this is. You love. You forgive. So you don't get bitter. You will have an opportunity to get offended. Every pastor who's gone through this, I was listening to about a pastor, and I'm closing now, back in the Ukraine. You won't believe the accusations against him. It was horrible. I mean, the guy said, he started thinking, uh, as you listen to it on the net, he started thinking, Maybe I did it, and I wasn't maybe aware that I did that. <laughs> because the accusation was so strong. But some of the people, because it was the last church, some of the people that accused him, they're in prison today. Because God turned it. But when he was going through it, 
He said, God, you call me. Well, I don't understand it. everything. I've done everything. I don't, this I don't understand. He said, I can handle persecution. This kind, never seen it. But God delivered him. Because you don't get bitter. You can always forgive. We're going to close this, uh, uh, close this section of our ministry today. All I want you to do today, look at your heart. Are you holding unforgiveness in your heart against somebody? May God bring that into your heart. It's easy to judge. But when you're judging, remember what Jesus said. Don't forget what's the beam on your eyes. Take that off first. Because like I said, the church is a hospital. The church is a hospital. I didn't come to Christ because I have believed that I'm better than anybody. I came to him because I knew I'm a sinner. I needed help. I'm receiving some good treatment, okay, from the doctor Jesus. Amen. I'm receiving some good treatment. It's running through my vein. I'm getting a little better. Okay? We're all getting better. Like I said, you can't be in the hospital receiving treatment. And you're laughing at the one who else says, you have a better, bigger problem. You got that. But you got your own. You just don't think yours is bad. It's compassion. It's compassion. It's compassion for people. And loving people, waiting, and forgiving them, and praying for them. Paul says very clearly, if you see your brother that's caught in the sin, pray for him. Right? Maybe you can deliver him. That's what your responsibility is. It's scripture. Anything else is not. You have to have compassion. You have to pray for them. You have to wait him to deliver him. Your husband is not acting right. <laughs> Don't tell him all the time. Talk to him. You can change him. He's got to change him. You get bitter, you're worse than him. Before long, you're like, the, the kids will eventually tell you, you're just like daddy now. <laughs> and you're like, I don't like that. I'm not like him. Yes, you are. Because what you're bitter after, you eventually turn into it. Because that's what you think all the time. Today is the day of freedom. Amen. Today is the day to release. I received freedom, I received God's freedom when he forgave me. I want to receive the same freedom. I want to give that freedom away to everyone, regardless of what they've done to me. I want to give it out. How many want to give uh, freedom, the freedom of forgiveness to everyone? It's freedom. We for, God forgave us so that we can be free, right? That's what Jesus did. His forgiveness, forgiveness frees us. We got to be free today. By giving forgiveness. Amen. Stand up with me this morning. How many of us will truly say from your heart? Let that person come into your heart. Sometimes when you are bitter, you don't see clearly. Because the enemy lies to you. And tells the devil is still here today. He will make you see things that you shouldn't need. It's not there. You just think it's there. And you're fully persuaded it is. Until God opens your eyes. He did that to David. He said, I was this way until I got into the sanctuary of God. Then my eyes were open and I could see clearly. Let God help us to see clearly today because bitterness will blind us. That's the first place. 
We sinned against God, but God was never bitter against us. He wanted for forgiveness and, and redemption for us. We must want the same for every single human being. That's what the ministry of the Ark Fellowship is about. When we go out, we're trying to bring God's forgiveness to them. Please lift up your hands today. And let God, I'm not going to call you to come to the altar here because this is every one of us. Every one of us have something to deal with. Every one of us has been offended. Every one of us, something, somebody said something bad about you that you think it was unfair. But it's not about what they said. It's about how you handle it. And it's up to you. The ball is in your court. You can deal with it today and God will take you and begin to show you a new direction. Amen. Offense. Offense. I've offended my wife and my wife has offended me too. We stay together. Amen. Offending one another so we can go where God. <laughs> we can learn to forgive. Please don't tell your wife that. Okay? But really, really, we need to forgive. Amen. There's somebody that's done something wrong, said something, and did what you didn't expect. Let him go or let her go so that God can come into God. Jesus is here today. Believe me, he's here. And he wants to free us. That's why he said in that prayer, forgive so that your heavenly Father will forgive you. Forgive my debts as I also forgive the debts of my debtors. Okay, let's pray to God, every one of us. And you pray to God for that forgiveness. Heavenly Father, say it with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today believing in your word. Lord, I know that you love me with an undying love. Lord, I want to love my fellow man in the same way. Love as Jesus loved. God, in the name of Jesus, I forgive whoever has offended me right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the power of the blood of Jesus. I forgive willingly. I let go. Holy Spirit, help me to forgive and to let go, I let go by the power of the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Let's give him a clap, up, friends.